Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Brandon Davis, joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. Jim Biscardi in his red shirt. Man, did we coordinate red shirts today? Look at us. I'm I'm rubbing off on everybody. (laughs) I just assume you're going to wear red every week. And when you don't, we're all disappointed. I know. That's why. Look, I have to keep it special somehow. Like, it's got to be on your toes. Yeah. And we have Aaron Perrine here. What's up, Phase Zero Squad? What up, Aaron? All right, everybody, we have a good show today. We have a weird show today, if I'm being honest. Like, well, the things we're going to talk about are whether or not Spider-Man No Way Home will be delayed. Uh, we're going to talk about that Scarlett Johansson lawsuit, which I like, feel like we have to be careful about because I don't like want to get in trouble because that's like a legal thing. Uh, we're going to talk about the Venom trailer, new release dates, and one show getting pushed to 2022. Like, what is going on? I don't know. And also, Disney is just assuming we're all richer than we are. <laughs> so that's, in the second half of the show, we are going to talk about what if. Uh, Jim and I have seen the first three episodes. Jenna, Aaron, have either of you seen the show yet? Nope. All right, you're just going to have to listen. And the Suicide Squad, uh, we're going to talk about that. I know Jenna has seen that one. Jim, you have not seen Suicide Squad, right? No, I have not. <laughs> oh, Aaron, have you? Nope. All right, Aaron is just a listener. I feel so bad for that <laughs> in the second half of the show. Aaron, you can you can chime in where however you want, ask us questions, have fun with it. But yeah, we have some reviews coming uh, in the second half of the show. But first, we got to get to some news. Um, we're going to start with the the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit, which is just chaos. It's like we're all kind of sitting here like watching mom and dad fight. We're we're just trying to sleep and have a peaceful family. Uh, after dinner, but they're in there throwing mashed potatoes in each other's face. I don't know. I don't know how mom and dad fight, but I don't imagine it's pleasant. Uh, so here's what's happening. I'm sure you're familiar with this, but we're going to run through all of the the reports and the facts that are available, and then uh, we're all going to weigh in on it, I guess. So Scarlett Johansson and her team are suing Disney, saying that the Disney Plus release is a breach of contract. Uh, they're saying it has cost her millions of dollars as her contract called for a percentage of the box office. There was no clause about a percentage of Disney Plus sales. Uh, Disney responded to this lawsuit and called it sad and distressing because uh, they cited it, the fact that this is happening during the COVID-19 pandemic. And that is why they released it on Disney Plus. And then Kevin Feige is reportedly... Angry and embarrassed. There is no official record or statement from Kevin Feige yet, but insiders are saying he's not happy. Uh, The rap says Bob Iger is mortified and says he thinks Bob Chapik, quote, bungled it. I believe a Disney rep has since said that that's not true. Um, But Bob Iger, who stepped down right before the COVID-19 pandemic, not thrilled to see this happen, apparently. Uh, And so that's where it's at. So I, you know, I, 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 I think Scarlett Johansson is doing what any person would do in this situation. 
I don't think Disney Plus existed when Black Widow was being made. So this wasn't a possibility, let alone the pandemic starting and then this becoming an option. So I know that that was this couldn't have possibly been a foresight to have been put into her contract in the first place. I mean, Jenna, what do you what do you what do you make of all this? I I'm just getting this has been just a weird week because between this and the most recent episode of The Bachelorette it's just a lot of like mom and dad are fighting and I agree with everybody in this scenario like I can see both sides of this argument so well and I understand that it is kind of a no-win scenario and but at the same time it's like I do feel like Scarlett is entitled to at least some of the money it's crazy how if they had just paid her up front the way that Warner Brothers reportedly did when they realized that all of their releases were going to go to HBO Max like if they had just paid her at, for the Disney Plus stuff up front, it would have been less money than she is now suing them for. So I don't know. It's just such a like we are in such uncharted territory. So it's unsurprising to me that this was naturally going to come out of it. It's just weird having it be one of the biggest movies of this year and of the COVID era that this is happening to. Yeah, no doubt. Also, if I was Greg, I would have left too. First of all, <laughs> but uh, we have a whole separate conversation about Bachelorette. But that's, that's a whole separate <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, Katie was in the wrong there. Uh, I, I see like Luke Taylor in the comment section on Facebook says she's minted anyway why does she care about the money i mean yeah i imagine when you get to a point where you're that where you have that much money it's kind of like just more money what what's the big difference but i don't imagine any person would just be like ah i don't want the millions of dollars that i think i'm owed so that's why i mean i don't fault scarlet for going after this money i think any person would who had a contract that's written into it that the box office is a part of your paycheck and you're an executive producer on this you've been a sidekick for 10 years and they finally give you a movie like all like there's just no reason not to go after the money other than like a personal connection you don't want to ruffle feathers and at first i thought maybe this isn't personal it probably just is business i think scarlet realizes scarlet and her legal team probably realize how much she's owed they're just taking the steps to try to pursue that. They, they, she has a Tower of Terror movie still on the docket with Disney. And then the, the response from Disney is when I was kind of like, okay, if it wasn't personal before, it is now. This is a weird statement, like attacking her character seemingly. So I, 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 whew, I don't get it. I don't get it. But Jim, it's, it's, do you want to? It's just, it's, I think the, the big interesting part of all this is that like, it just wasn't handled behind the scenes. Like you assume all of this stuff just does right. Yes. Like there is the fact that it had to get to this point, regardless if there was a miscommunication or whatever, like someone didn't get the notice or someone, you know, like it was a, a miss in the cut, but like clearly it had to be on someone's radar. And so for it to be mishandled in such a way, you know, by Disney, like, even if, you know, Disney said like, well, well, we'll have to figure out a different way to do it. But um, it, 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 just the way the whole thing is handled, just like leaves a bad taste in, in, I think everyone's mouth in, in doing that. And like, it's weird. I'm seeing people be like, Oh, well, like, you know, Disney shouldn't give this to her. Like, no, they effing, they effing should. Right. Like this is, this is, this is 
work that she has has put in there this is uh the expectation right like it all comes down to you know knowing your worth and and doing all that and like she, you know scarlett johansson she knows what what she's worth and if she, you know she went in uh with the understanding that it was going to end up one way then yeah she wants to see it end that way and good for her for doing it i also the- like part of part of me is just like would this have happened if it was like a male like fronted movie like if it was like a thor movie or if hawkeye had gotten a movie if it was like a male lead actor like would all of this still be happening in public or would it have been a thing that just happened behind the scenes like who knows at this point but it is like brandon said we waited so long for a black widow movie and i know like scarjo probably has as well and so the fact that now it comes out and has all of this extra baggage tied to it i can understand her frustration absolutely for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at Jungle Cruise, and it's not happening. It's it's The Rock said he's not suing Disney. So I, but I, I, I don't want to make any assumptions because it's like, did The Rock and his team have a discussion about this with Disney? But I, I think everyone's just, deal is different, and I think yeah, every, that, yes, uh, yeah, it really is. And, and in this case, I, here's the thing: I don't know if Scarlett Johansson is going to win the case, be, only because like I, I, I listen. This is all over my head. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just here to speculate and have a conversation about this. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, there, you can't quantify, there's no way to like outright exactly quantify how much she would have made. And I don't know if like you can go to court, like morally, yeah, she should win. But in terms of like how the law works, I don't know if she will. Like, you I know think what I mean? Inev- I think inevitably it will like, it will settle and we won't know th- what the amount is, but everyone probably. will walk away feeling okay. Yeah. Aaron, what are you thinking on all this? Um, Coming from like a sports reporter background, you see this stuff happen a lot more in that realm where you have a certain amount of due time to a team. You work your tail off. You do things that you might not want to do right while everybody's trying to succeed. And then on the back end, you're hoping that the team will repay you for the time that you spent helping prop some of the other pieces of it up. And I feel like, you know, she put in a lot of time. I would like to see them you know, honor that commitment, honor that sacrifice, because it's not easy while everybody else is on movie three and possibly movie four for Chris Hemsworth, like to like sit there. And then when you get your time, you feel like you get like shortchanged in some way. It must feel very, very wild. And then the gender dynamics of it as well, as Jenna said, does not paint Disney in a great light at all. I can understand poor Kevin Feige just sitting there like, come on guys, what are we doing? Like, let's <laughs> just give her the money so we can go. I really yeah. do appreciate the sort of move that HBO made with Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot to just smooth it over before it ever even got to this point and just be like, we're just going to take whatever hit on this. We have to, it's more important to increase subscriber rate for HBO max. That's really what we're doing this for anyway and be like a little bit transparent about that. There are other things that WB hasn't been transparent about, but in that (laughs) case, they got that part of it right, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, and the statement was like, it it felt like like how America takes the stance of like, we do not negotiate with terrorists. But it's like, this is your coworker, not like some enemy here. This is like your person who has worked with you and helped build your largest franchise. And yeah, I saw a comment here uh, one saying that like they can't imagine this happening to like Evans Hemsworth or Downey. I agree. It is it is interesting. The like you can't imagine this happening to any of the male stars who have built up, uh, who have been allowed to build up those franchises. Uh, and yeah, so uh, and you bring up Kevin Feige, the like the fact that Kevin Feige is reportedly angry and embarrassed. Like uh, we have talked about on this show. I, I know I have said several times on this show that I've always thought like 
the, one of the most impressive things about Marvel is how they make the talent feel welcome and they get the top talent. They got Christian Bale to come do another superhero movie. They get these people to come do more and more movies. They got Sam Raimi back into the into the fold. They get all these people to come work with them because they, they create this environment where people are happy. They feel like they're clearly enjoying something that maybe they at one point said they wouldn't be interested in. And now it's like, this is like, like yeah, we could apply this to sports. Imagine a football team trying to recruit athletes when a year earlier, like they had a big moment where an athlete got in trouble for, I don't know, anything like, or, or and the coaches blame the athlete or something or something, or like they don't get playing time or something. Like, and it's, it, that does, I think make the recruiting element of it harder too. Cause Marvel didn't have these blemishes before. Yeah. I think it's a good thing to note too. Uh, uh, Kofi's in the chat mentioning that, you know, yeah, there's the, the terms of the agreement were, you know, obviously to release, you know, to agreeing to a theatrical release and not agreeing to anything else. And so like, so with that comes a whole bunch of back end deals, right? There's home video, there's a potential, you know, home video money, there's, there's box office money, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're inevitably, you know, PVOD money and, and all that. And so like that, that all changes. And so I mean, what it sounds like is, is that they thought they could just get by and clearly that's not the case. Yeah. And we'll I, just have I, to see how it plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that, I mean, it's, it's I, and like in the near future, I mean, selfishly for me, I'm like, is Foggy not going to do press at Shang-Chi now? Shang-Chi is like a few weeks away from press tour. I can't imagine Foggy's going to want to get in front of a hundred reporters. And I'm sure he's going to be, if, if he does, he knows he, I'm not yeah. going to ask him about this. Uh, I mean, but I know people are, this isn't yeah. something that I want to talk about, uh, but uh, you know, people are going to ask about it. And I you got, like it just does this affect future town book? Is there like is there a bigger rift? Like Dave Batista went on Twitter and said he was never invited to what if? Like is there is the Disney management creating some sort of I don't know. It's all kind See, of weird right now. I also feel like within Feige's mind, it's like putting the idea of putting Black Widow on Premier Access, it feels like if Feige had been more on board with the idea, we might have already had that happen. Like in the year long time that we waited and it was like, put it on Premier Access. Nah, I don't know. Like, it seems like he didn't want to set the precedent of an MCU movie can go on to streaming because it's like that then kind of completely changes the way the franchise can be navigated and how these films can be made and elevated and whether or not they're shown on the big screen. So I can see that aspect of it too, that he like purely beyond a talent level, he just didn't want to set the precedent for let's just dump these movies on streaming if we have to yeah yeah i i think it was i don't know i guess we'll have to wait and see you know we have no choice but to wait and see what happens but i mean i do think there's gonna i think jim's right i think there will be some sort of settlement and some sort of make nice uh, i think that I, I hope there is i hope that mom and dad get it get it figured out and uh, we're able to keep the family together in some way but i think if she drops out of that tower a terror movie well, then things are getting bad, but we're going to move on. We're going to move on. Speaking of money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, Disney released their trailer for the Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel down at Walt Disney World this morning uh, to much <laughs> of surprise and celebration until you get to the fine print. Because I had to pay $10 just to watch the trailer. that's what it felt like i don't know how anybody's gonna afford this thing without a payment plan i have no idea so to give you guys who haven't seen it the like lowdown on this thing i'm pulling it up right now because i have the story up but basically it's uh prohibitively probably expensive so if you're going with two people it is one thousand two hundred and nine dollars per guest per night or for a voyage total it is $4,000 
$4,809 for two nights at this thing. And if bruh, it's three guests, uh, it's <laughs> a crazy amount of money. I've lived in New York City. I live in California. <laughs> this is more than my rent for two months. It's insane. It's nuts. Um, that is person- like, you're going to be surrounded by only the elites from The Purge. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so much true. money. It's a crazy amount of money. Could you imagine like you're a kid and you want to do it for Christmas and you get a one small box <laughs> under the tree and it's just a piece of paper that says Galactic Star Cruiser and you're taking pictures with it. That's all you can get. I don't know. And uh, my parents wouldn't buy that from you. Like, you, uh, uh, you got to work that out with the Lord, kid. I don't know what you're going to do. So it's nuts. As, a, as an adult with a house, Kofi in the chat going, who needs four months of mortgage with two days at Disney? And man, that could not have hit me any harder right here than uh, than that. I mean, it okay. So initially there was a lot of outrage about this, right? And Right and and kind of rightfully so, but I not defend this. Don't you dare defend this. (laughs) No, no, no. I think, but I think there are some questions that are still not necessarily. uh, uh, Yeah, is Daisy Ridley going to hang out with me? That's the question for four thousand dollars. Is Adam Driver going to cook me lunch? Like, bro, that is so expensive. The two days thing is 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 really weird and interesting. Like, they must clearly think that they are going to have like the demand for this is going to be so high that they. They're going to be turning people over, you know, left, you know, left and right. Like two days, the, the, that price for two days, while yes, it does include theme park access and, and whatever, but only one, you only, you only get to go to one um, is like you spend that for like state rooms on cruises, right? For a week where you go to put, you know, Islands with white sand beaches and stuff. Bro, You're you not going build, to your, build your own Star Wars room in your house for four grand. <laughs> you get to keep it forever. But see, in their minds, the five grand is all of the people treating it like a Westworld of like you get to have all these people talk right. to you for five grand. Like they really are leaning into the Westworld of it all because in that show, the only way you can afford it is if you're super rich. So it's like, of course, it's very on brand. Look, I, if you, if you yeah. want that experience, go to Dragon Con. And what was the truth about Westworld? Exactly. <laughs> My I mean, like I I just will say I do not envy the team that is putting this resort together because especially in a pandemic like I'm sure if they had had an opening like not in a pandemic everything's hunky dory it would be one thing but I'm sure there are so many extra hidden like regulations and restrictions and like protocols they have to follow just to safely immersively do this in a pandemic so it's like I do not envy that team for having to probably reshift and put that all together but it still is so much money at the same time like that's just ridiculous that's a lot that's a lot I asked BD, and I'll pose this to the rest of you. If Marvel made a version of this where it was like Avengers themed, would anybody be willing Stark to Tower. You get to stay in Stark Tower. Yeah, sure. No. Oh, yeah, for, no. But no. like, what would I get to do though? Like, what would no. the, what would my two days of programming entail? I don't know. That would be the thing that would make me decide well, one way or the okay. other. Okay, so that was so that was going to be my other question. Is is how many did it? Aaron, did it say how many people they're going to be able to keep at once? Because I think. The whole thing about this is it's supposed to be experiential. Yeah. And they're so, keeping all of them because they're in debt. But, <laughs> they got to wash dishes for the next six years. But, but if you're going and you're having to, 
you know, like, look, to get to Galaxy's Edge is a process in and of itself, right? Like, you've got to get there super early to, like, get a pass to be able to get there and ride the ride and, and do all of that. And it's and it, and so, like, if that rush and, and whatever is all going to happen, like, on a smaller scale inside the hotel, like, that, that would be nuts. And so I got to imagine, like, I wonder if they're they may, maybe they're only letting a hundred people at a time, like stay during this. And so yeah, like, right. that's why, like, that's <laughs> why the price goes up and that's why it's only two days, but you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, can they make up that money by, by, I don't know. It's just, man, I, like I, I, I need to find a, an economist to help break <laughs> this down for me because I just don't understand how the cost works outside of, yeah, we could probably get it. <laughs> to answer Aaron's question, no, I would not pay this for Marvel. I would not pay this for anything. There is nothing you what can... What would you pay for Marvel? <laughs> I mean, bro, is, you'd have is, to is, literally is... have the actors in there hanging out with me like to for me to spend this kind okay. of money. I sure. would buy for a fi- life-size five, Iron Man from Sideshow for this before I'd spend two nights in a themed park. I've been to Avengers Campus. It's cool. I've been to Wizarding World. It's even better. I wouldn't spend $2,000 on this immersive... Like, you would have to really really make it immersive and give me some stuff to take home with me for that kind of money. You really have to. I mean, I I would want to go if it was Marvel. I want to go with it being Star Wars. But bro, that's so much money. That's so much money. Okay, but then we're going to like, what what would you pay then? (laughs) (laughs) Two grand. Two grand tops. Two, maybe 2,500 tops for two nights. For two nights, I want park admission. I want food included. I want like, bro, that's more expensive than a cruise. Yeah. A week-long cruise. The two-day thing is really the thing that just like throws me. Two days. That is is not, that is not, I mean, because look, Disney, Disney vacations are not cheap to begin with. Right. Like, so you're already spending a couple grand to go do the whole, you know, to go do the experience and, and like do a, a thing. But like, man, you're ma- I'm maxing maximum. If this is as amazing as it could be, my maximum is 2,500. <laughs> and that's still like, ah, uh, uh, should I wait? Should I wait till they drop prices? Mm. I, I mean, right. Jenna, Aaron, is, there, is, there like, is there like, is there like okay. a coupon day? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me get a Groupon. Yeah, give me a Phase Groupon. zero Groupon day. <laughs> buy, buy three, get one, and then we can all save like $200. I'm oh, so man. desensitized, Jenna. Have you ever seen Disney Fairytale Weddings before on Disney yes. Plus? Oh, okay, yes. so that's what we I mean. We watched a lot. We watched and a lot at our house. Go yeah, ahead, Go that on. and just like the people who live on Disney grounds, like there's a whole gated community there. Like, I know there are people who, who will pay this money, but it's just like me as a Star Wars fan, I cannot justify paying this money. It's like I would maybe spend like half this much money to go to Star Wars celebration and go to the park for like half a day. Like that is all that it would like that feels in my mind like a more comprehensive experience that I would get more out of than doing this for basically one night and one in like two days. It's just crazy. Yeah. And there's not even any sort of like exclusive, like exclusivity about it. Cause everybody's yeah. going to get this if they can afford it. And it just goes on forever. It's not like you're paying it to go to the star Wars premiere or something. Like mm-hmm. it's just this kind of, I don't know. I, that's, I think the price is ridiculous. And I, I imagine they're, they're getting a lot of backlash, but I'm sure they're still booking a few. I'm sure yeah, they're still booking like, a few. But I remember though, like when Galaxy's Edge launched and they were selling the soda bottles in like the yep. those like thermal bomb things, like people were selling the empty bottles on yeah. eBay for like five hundred dollars a piece and people were buying them. 
And Bro, so I don't like, want to be surrounded by people who will spend that money. I'll but be that's honest. what I mean. But like, so like, I understand. Like, so like, yes, we are all outraged and whatever. But like, clearly, Disney th- thinks and knows, just based off market research, that they can get this. That they can get this, and they it, can like, get it. Not, not for me. Not for me. We're gonna move on. The comment section has been having fun with this. One. The, the, the last thing I want to say is like, like, look, if you want, if you want to, uh, a good time, you want to spend, uh, spend some money to talk to people in really good Star Wars costumes. Just go to Dragon Con, right? Like that's <laughs> like you can have the same experience. I'm sure they'll set something up in the Marriott Marquis where like they'll just have you know, off-brand Star Wars, uh, whatever, and they'll get a whole bunch of cosplayers together and just do it, and you'll have the same kind of experience, right? Like, and so, like, I was like, oh. Listen, they're not even going to take my money and give it to the actors who deserve it, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about that. I want everybody at home to know that is the most angry I've ever seen Brandon Davis. That is the most upset I've ever seen Brandon Davis. He is upset. When I told him this morning, he was like, what? So, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> Listen, I want to go, but now I know I'm not. So yeah. here we are. Uh, I just want to cover two things really quickly, and then we're going to take a quick break and talk about Spider-Man. Hawkeye is coming November 24th, 2021. That's all the news there. Uh, we've, we've gone on longer than planned, so I'm going to cut these two short. Uh, and also, Miss Marvel is pushed to 2022, according to TV Line. I'm not really like, like, I, I, is that, do we, are we putting stock in that? I, cause it's a logistics thing of like, depending on one, when, what if ends and when Hawkeye starts, there are exactly like six weeks in between. And so people are like, either Miss Marvel is going to air exactly in those six weeks. Or in my mind, it's like, they still have book of Boba Fett to air. And I feel like we are still getting that this year. Cause they've hyped it up as being this year. So, and I don't see them running that in Hawkeye at the same time. So I am almost convinced that like Miss Marvel would be early 2022, but I, it's such a logistical nightmare. I honestly have no idea at this point. I mean, as much as I want to see Miss Marvel, does it matter if I have to wait till 2022 to, a, to watch it? In my it? mind, if you wait, it's closer to the Marvels. And so then that way, like, right. Kamala is fresher in people's minds. And then that way you can turn around and be like, hey, in six months, watch her in a movie. As opposed to, hey, in a year, watch her in a movie. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. yeah. I think there was, the, Jenna, wasn't there something else? Um, yeah, I had added this because they're like the, the other Miss Marvel thing this week was a cardboard cutout for the show. And a lot yeah, of people have been talking about that because Ooh. it looks like she might have different powers than what she has in the comics because she has like some sort of like purple construct over her hand. I know people have said she's like a purple Green Lantern. <laughs> um, and so that has been a thing that people have definitely been talking about. Of like, are we going to get her stretch powers? Are we going to get them in some capacity? Is this like a new thing on top of that? So there's definitely a lot of conversation there. Well, Marvel do in humans. I know, yeah. Uh, you know, but we'll see. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I think we retweeted that that cardboard cutout on the at phase zero CB handle. So if you want to go get a look at it or go to comicbook.com slash Marvel and get a get some more information about it in the article. Uh, we're going to take a one minute break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home and why everybody's freaking out about it possibly getting delayed, even though we might not have cause for panic yet. See you in a minute. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
Welcome back to Phase Zero. This has been the weirdest show we've ever had. <laughs> Usually we're all upbeat. Today we're all angry and feisty. <laughs> Not at each other. You said last week was the weirdest show we've ever had. So I guess and we just now, keep outdoing ourselves. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing Stephen Amell's little uh, Saturday Ladder Challenge, raising the bar on that. Uh, because, man, this has been a weird show. I'm having fun, though. Yeah, we're, we're, we're listen. We're all, we're all we're all feeling some type of way about something in this news. Uh, the Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer. Jenna, tell us about it. Huh, so the trailer, the biggest thing that comes out of the trailer is the fact that it has no release date on it, even though this movie is supposed to come out in like a month and a half. Um, so that has been a cause of concern because the trailer just says this fall. So I, people are speculating that it could get delayed given the Delta variant. I know the Clifford the Big Red Dog movie has already been delayed. People are worried about Shang-Chi. They're worried about like any movie that is going to come out in like September and beyond. Um, and so now it's just kind of set the internet in this array of confusion of like, if Venom gets delayed, what does that mean for No Way Home? And if No Way Home gets delayed, what does that mean for all of Phase 4? So it, uh, what do you guys think? Because it it's definitely a very weird thing in and of itself. So I've got, I've got a very clear and easy way to just kind of like not necessarily get freak out too much. Sony does not have a streaming service. They are a theatrical studio. That's all they've got. And so, and we should, we should state as of today, right? August 4th, Venom has not moved. They have not moved it. They have not made any announcement saying Venom is moved. Venom is still coming out. As of right now, as planned, I think what may get shifted are dates internationally. And you got to remember, this is a trailer that they are making for an international audience. And so if the date has to move in the UK or if the date has to move in, you know, South America or wherever in any of these other territories where this is going to be like this saves them from that. Right. Or it. You know, it doesn't save them. It just, you know, it's like, look, anything can happen. Right. But like, as of right now, they have not moved the film. And I think, you know, look, stuff regarding, uh, you know, COVID and the Delta variant and all that is like there. We get more information every day we get. And it's stuff like this changes every day that like so it 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 could but as of right now, it has not. And so I think that's a very big distinction, you know, to to make when seeing something like this, because what would have happened was they would have like if they were going to move it, we would have gotten we would have gotten the the announcement from Sony that says it's getting moved or whatever, uh, or it's taken off the schedule and we've gotten this fall and then who knows when it comes out. But like that's that's a, a good way to kind of think about it. Right. I think the biggest the biggest one out of all the Sony movies that has the biggest, the best chance of moving right now is probably bond. Right. Because that, you know, it's a, you know, that's, I didn't a, think it's that's, an MGM. that's MGM. Yeah. Isn't that not yeah. a Sony movie? Yeah. It's well, I mean, so, 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 but Sony is putting it out. So oh, Sony's okay. distributing it. So, mm-hmm. um, so MGM, you know, gets to, you know, is, is it makes part of that call as well. And this is a big, this is a, again, it's a big movie. Now it may, it'll be interesting to see because of the MGM Amazon deal that like, if it does get pushed, like, does MGM strike a thing with Amazon and say, okay, we're going to put this on Amazon and give us, you know, Amazon, give us all the money for it kind of thing. But there's no way bond goes. To no, there, uh, yeah, bond. no, there isn't. But, uh, so like, so that I think that's the, the biggest thing to just, you know, to, to consider when like 
you know, before causing mass hysteria on if Venom is going to move or not. There is still a very good chance that it moves, right? But as of right now, it is not. But for them putting this fall, it, it, like, like I said, the biggest thing to take into consideration is the international aspect of it all. They are not just showing it here in the States. They are showing it in a number of other places that have varying levels of severity when it comes to um, the, the pandemic right now. And so that's that's that. Other than that, I thought the trailer was badass. I think the trailer is great. I want to talk about Spider-Man, though. And I know a lot. I saw, you know, a lot of people. Spider-Man was trending yesterday because people are worried it's going to get delayed because there's no trailer yet. The reason for the trailer not being out yet, at least as far as I know, is not about whether or not it's going to be delayed. I think that that is a separate issue. But I I just I, I cannot believe that Spider-Man, which is hands down, inarguably the biggest movie, the biggest box office draw title between like since the last Spider-Man movie until probably Doctor Strange 2, maybe beyond. I, I would argue Spider-Man No Way Home has a chance under normal circumstances of making more money than Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, pending how much they show of what is in Doctor Strange and who is in Doctor Strange. I just think Spider-Man No Way Home is the biggest movie since Endgame, probably, until I don't know what. And... There's no way that's, that Sony isn't sitting there having a, having a conversation at some point of, should we hold this thing and make it reach its billion-dollar-plus potential? Because it's easily a billion-dollar movie under normal circumstances. Right. right now, I don't think it's a billion-dollar movie Like under these circumstances. I, I just can't imagine it. So is it going to get delayed right now? I would be more surprised if it got delayed than if it didn't. But I, I just can't think that there is no argument. There is no conversation happening at Sony but the problem there, of course, leads to, you know, this is part of the MCU. Then Sony and Disney have to talk and figure it out because then Doctor Strange 2 has to get delayed. Then maybe some of the Disney Plus shows have to get delayed. I don't know all of the stories, but I imagine the interconnectivity of it all means more than one thing gets delayed if Spider-Man No Way Home gets delayed beyond a few weeks. So, yeah, that's, right. that's, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. I think it's... <sighs> It'll be interesting. Aaron, hold on, hold on. Aaron, Aaron has something to weigh in here. Oh. Aaron hasn't weighed in yet. Say, like, you guys all just got a preview of what it's like to have Jim Biscardi ease all of your anxieties. Um, I know. The entire chat is just so thankful for Jim. <laughs> um, and also, I think that it's important to note as well for Sony's strategy that, like Jim said, this is a theater business, first and foremost. I don't know. Uh, it's like a, a trolley car sort of thing where it's like, all right, you delay it to get the billion dollars, but this is really all we have besides Venom. This is it. Yeah. Like, you know, that and the bond distribution. I mean, you sell a lot of PlayStations, but the PlayStations don't make Spider-Man money, <laughs> right? They don't make Spider-Man money. So you got you to gotta really take into account what you want to do. Because I don't know, if they delay it to 2022, and let's say they delay it to like, I don't know, May, worst case scenario, right? Like everything's falling. What is Sony going to do in the meantime to keep the boats afloat if the theaters close down and they push Spider-Man? Like that, well, that's a real concern. That's the, I don't think theaters are going to close down. I don't think that we're going to go back. I personally don't think we're going to go into these shutdowns and lockdowns again, but I do think people are going to have their reservations and rightfully so about going to theaters and large gatherings and things like that. And I think that, I just think that Spider-Man right now under these circumstances is not a billion dollar movie anymore. And maybe under the circumstances of a month and a half ago in the U S I don't know, I'm not super privy on the, on the rest of the world, individual countries, 
But on it in the in the time where the U.S. was showing like COVID cases by the day that were under four thousand for several weeks or, or for several days at least, and then all of a sudden we're over a hundred thousand. I just can't imagine. But the, the question becomes. When when do you release it? When does this stop? We don't know. And businesses are, I think, because businesses are going to continue going on. And I think that we're going to see these movies release in some form. Like the like movies are going to keep coming out during the pandemic because we just genuinely don't know when this ends and gets. Yeah. I don't think this ever truly goes to zero. So at some point we're going to have to consider like, all right, are we just mandating masks in theaters? Or are we just kind of saying, you know, vaccination cards or some well, solution? But I think that the movies are going to come out. It's just, it's just so funny because I was talking to a friend the other day about how it really in the last five or so years, the general public has become box office experts, right? Like, like everyone is trying to, you know, reverse engineer what this all means and, and whatever. And we may be entering a new normal. We may be gone. Like end game may have been the end game of those uh, big box office numbers, right? Like, will we get back to them at some point? Maybe, but I think now the industry as a whole needs to figure out how to, how to adapt. And that's where, you know, like I said, like, you know, everyone wants to believe that, you know, a, a theatrical and, you know, uh, PVOD experience like Premier Access or whatever is the answer. And I don't know if it is or not. I know I sure as hell enjoy having the flexibility of whether or not I can go see a movie in theaters or watch it at home kind of thing. And we'll gladly pay one, you know, one way or the other. But I think what's going to happen is, is now or the, the, the other question is, is what is this, what effect is this going to have on movie budgets? Mm-hmm. Right. Because now you're going to have to start making movies on tighter budgets because you, we don't know the full scale of how much these movies are, are going to make domestically, internationally, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Right. Like, and so there is a huge shift that is coming that we are all kind of unprepared for in the sense that like, yeah, Spider-Man should be in an end game level box office. Like I think like a lot of people tend to forget you know, when you consider international box office, Venom was almost a billion dollar franchise. Yeah. And there's and like under right pre COVID circumstances, there is no doubt Venom two would be a, a billion dollar franchise. And so, so we're working on old math in a new world and it doesn't line, it just doesn't line up. And so like, I understand obviously the, the need to, or the, or, or the not need, but like the, the overall anxiety that comes like, where, when am I going to get this stuff? And like the, the, the desire for new content or whatever. But I think we just need to take a step back and just kind of let this play out a little bit. Um, and, and it's just, it's just one of those things where no company wants to be able to take a bath on a movie that they do. And so that's why they're, they're going to make the best decision that they're going to make. But Spider-Man as a Spider-Man is a franchise on its own bigger than, than, you know, most other franchises like Spider-Man outside of just movies, like globally games and merchandise and apparel and licensing and all that stuff is a, is probably the, one of the most recognizable heroes ever. And so like, they're going to make their money somewhere. It's just how. And yeah. so, all right. So I want to wrap this up uh, by encouraging the comments. So, no, I, I, those are really good points. You're the smartest person on the show today. Uh, I, want, <laughs> I want to uh, wrap this up, but we're going to go around and I want the comment section to do this with us. And if you're listening to us in podcast form, send us tweets with your thoughts. Uh, do you think Spider-Man No Way Home releases on December 17th, 2021? Jim, you're at the top. What do you think? I do. 
I think I I do. I think what we're seeing now is a speed bump. And I think we're like, and and I hope it is, you're seeing a lot of different um, mandates and things come, you know, as far as vaccinations and things like that. And I think that will all play into uh, us getting a release this Christmas. Jenna, what do you think? I am in the like maybe camp at this point. I am in the mindset of, because I think what we've seen with like, it's weird to cite Clifford as an example, but it feels like the theater exclusive movies that are specifically for families might be delayed and might be like struggling a little bit in the next couple months. Because if you, if you have children who are not vaccinated, you might not necessarily feel safe going to see a movie solely in a theater. And so I feel like Spider-Man is absolutely one of those movies. It's the kind of movie you take an entire family to. So I think it really depends on where the numbers are at in terms of case and vaccination levels at that time. And then I think we'll kind of go from there. I think it could, but that also feels awfully optimistic at this point. So I don't know. Aaron? I got a big brain take for you. got a big brain <laughs> take. Ooh, galaxy brain. Okay. Go ahead. Galaxy brain take. It's going to release... And Sony and Disney will come to a new agreement to have it streamed through Disney Plus Premier Access for a little bit more money, for even more money. 40 so bucks. You have $40, <laughs> exactly. And that way, Sony gets their cut of it, Marvel I'll gets their cut it. of it, and <laughs> everyone can watch it at home on Christmas Day. You saw the numbers Wonder Woman 1984 did last Look, year yeah, on Christmas. It. it was insane. So Just gonna, that gonna is my it. prediction. I'm going to put this out there. Grandma, if you're listening, uh, I'll take that uh, $40 in cash and just know that it's going to go to Spider-Man uh, for, for Christmas. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate the, the Christmas gift and uh, See, here's I'll the enjoy thing it that, for though. you. Sony has a deal with Netflix. Yeah. So I don't know if that's possible. I think that is for Sony produced films. And this is a studio uh, Marvel studios co-production. Okay. Okay. Which is why, which is why I mentioned that the, the uh, bond if post, you know, if it gets moved to 2022, could go to Amazon because of that deal. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I personally, I'm in the maybe camp right now. The way things are going, if they keep going the way they are, no, Brandon, no, maybe, yes or no. That is the, <laughs> I, those are the choices I, I, you gave us. Yes on. or hey, no. Viscardi, I'll put you back in jail. I don't want this maybe. maybe I, I, if things keep going the way they're going right now for more than another month, I think it gets delayed because I don't think with uncertainty you can market the biggest movie of the year in such a small window. I think you need a run-up with a concrete release date to market it, to, to know for fact you're going to be able to invest your marketing money, which they haven't started spending yet, which Black Widow suffered from. The Black Widow marketing was not as strong as every other Marvel movie because they spent so much of their marketing budget pre-pandemic, and they came back and they didn't have the full budget anymore. Spider-Man hasn't started spending that yet, and I think that if they start spending it, they have to know the movie is coming out on that date. So because of that, I think there's a chance it gets pushed. But then when I say that, it's like, oh, how can they push it? Where do they put it? And everything else as a result, it's the most challenging movie of the year to delay, but it's also the biggest movie of the year. So how do you release it in a period of uncertainty? I don't know. Oh, God. Was that an answer? I don't know. Did I say anything at all? No, I don't think. I think you need to say yes or no. Um. I'm moving on. (laughs) Anyway, I mean, listen, everything about this movie is leaking online. They said like there's Spider-Man toys now with the word sinister in the descriptions. 
We have a photo of Spider-Man meeting Doctor Strange on Twitter. Like, how is all of this leaking? I don't get it. With Feast in the background. Yeah. With a Feast truck in the background. <laughs> yes! I Miles know. Morales, where you at? Yep. <laughs> Oh, it's oh a disaster. Gosh. It's a disaster. Oh my god. Just just release it now. Actually release it in two weeks. No, you can't release it now. That's the problem. It, release it two yeah. weeks from now so people can go see the Suicide Squad and then they can go see Free Guy, which has been the surprise movie of the year. I love that movie. And then they can go see three weeks in a row. We get great movies, Spider-Man. And then a week after that, you got Shang-Chi. So we're good. We're good. It's all settled. Release it on uh, August 20th. Thanks, Sony Marvel, for coming for coming to terms. Uh, all right. I, the comment section really thinks it comes out on December 17th. So I don't know. I'm, I'm so too. I hope so. I really hope so. I, I, I want to go see it. I got vaccinated so that we can go do this. Everybody, if you're watching, just go get the shot in the arm. Do us all a favor. Do yourself a favor. Free medicine. I hope what Aaron said happens. I hope that they they figure, figure that part out. That would be... Uh... I, I don't see that. Listen, I've seen miracles between Disney and Sony. That one feels like. <laughs> I know. After like two summers ago, I don't even know anymore. Because like that that summer where we didn't think he was in the MCU anymore was just right. torture. So. And they figured it out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. We're moving on. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> Aaron, you want to talk about Kid Harrington at all? Uh, sure. I mean, the funny thing is that, you know, he's in Eternals and he's playing, uh, you know, uh, Black Knight and... He, everyone's pestering him, doing the normal thing of tell us more about your character, tell us what you're going to do, how do you fit into it? And he's like, no, not going to do that. Like, just very baseline. Jon Snow really knows nothing. He's not letting us know anything. He, he might, they might put him with Tom Holland now and all the press tours whenever they're inevitably in a movie together, if we ever get there. But yeah, he's just like, Mm, that would ruin the surprise. I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, wow, I agree with Brandon's take on Twitter when he said the man played dead for a whole year and did not break and didn't say anything. We're not getting anything about this movie out of him before it comes out. <laughs> and now I'm scared because <laughs> when are we going to get it? Because if you move Spider-Man, if everything shifts, yeah, who knows? And yeah. good on him for not saying anything. I like that we don't know anything about Eternals. So we're going to be Much. so surprised. They're just going to cast everybody from Game of Thrones because Feige's not only going to see acting talent, but deception in the press. <laughs> they can keep secrets. They can keep secrets. That's Feige being like, oh, did you see what Kit Harrington did for a whole year? I remember, like, when he, I remember when he had died on the show, part of the reason that people figured out he didn't really die was that he was like at Wimbledon or something and his hair had grown long again. And everyone was like, oh my God, Jon Snow's not dead. He's coming back to the show. So it's like, if that's what it takes to get a spoiler out of Kit Harrington, then like we're, we're learning nothing about Eternals, which like mm -hmm. bums me out because I want to hear what they're doing with Black Knight, but I'm fine waiting because like clearly it's going to be something good. I think Black Knight's a character where it's like, we're not going to see him till the second movie. Like, I think, like, we're going to see Dane Whitman yeah. and we're going to get the little tease or something like his dad or great, great, like somebody in his family. But then I think we get we get Black Knight moving forward. I don't know. That's fine. I don't know. We'll see, though. We'll see. And we're not going to find out from Kit Harrington, though. That's for sure. No. Nope. Jim, it's on you. All right. Uh, so set photos are our first, like, really, really good set photos from Thor Ragnarok. Not, not Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, give us our first look at Gore the God Butcher. Which I mean, presumably, but it's got to be him, right. Like that's 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 what it is. But and and it looks great. Like it looks. 
you know, it looks pretty comics accurate from the Assad Ribic designs from Jason Aaron's run. And, and man, I am here for it. Like it looks sinister. It looks uh, like it just, it's going to give you the heebie jeebies. And that's Josh what, the best comment. And Set that's what I love about Thor it. 4 reminds me of death from Bill and Ted's bogus journey. <laughs> I, I said in our Slack chat last night when these photos first came out, I was like, he looks like Bib Fortuna mixed with Lube Man from the Watchmen TV show. Like, I was not prepared for how shiny he is. Like that is something that definitely took me off guard. So I'm just curious to see what he's actually going to look like, like with visual effects. Like, are they going to do his nose all weird? Like it is in the comics, but like even just those set photos, it's like, man, he looks really good and creepy. I hope that yeah. he is as good as the, like that uh, villain in comics is pretty, pretty dark and and powerful. So hopefully, they I just want to, I just want to see, I want to see the God Butcher sword. Like that's what I want to oh, yeah. see. Like I just want to see him holding that, and oh, it's going to be so great. Is he going to kill? I was, Zeus? I, like I was, I like I was excited for Love and Thunder for for a number of reasons, um, but I think like seeing this. And then, and then inevitably when we get our first look at uh, Natalie Portman as Thor are going to like, just totally like get me, it'll become my most anticipated yeah. movie. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I see people in the comments are asking for uh, these photos. I actually have been looking for my phone so I could pull them up and show <laughs> on the podcast, but I don't have it. Uh, so you can go on the, if you go on the, link the story account. is on phase zero. Yep. Twitter. Yeah, it's right there on Phase Zero CB on Twitter. Here, I'll turn my my web camera. Look at that. There you go. There's the tweet. <laughs> we don't we don't see it. What's going on? You don't you don't see oh, that? Okay, now we see it. You don't see that? Look at that. There it is. So yeah, I don't know. Interesting that this stuff even surfaces online. Do you think that's yeah. actually Christian Bale? I don't. Really? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to imagine him <laughs> getting painted up like that, but yeah, it probably yeah, is. But like anyway. when, when he was for cast, I remember joking, like if he was going to play Beta Ray Bill, he would actually try to turn himself into a horse. Like this man loves like big transformations for movies. So I'm sure he's like, hell yeah, paint me silver. I don't care. <laughs> like I'm, I'm on board with That's this. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. All right. We're going to move on to talk about what if uh, Jim and I have seen the first three episodes of what if Aaron, Jenna, I'm so sorry, but if you have questions or something you want to talk about from these, we're happy to answer them. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we can like review it yet, Jim. The review no, not really. is still, but we yeah, can still. react. So right. there's a very clear difference between those two things. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to stick with the reactions only. My reaction, I shared this on Twitter. I'll get more thorough on it here. I didn't like the first episode. Like, I'll be honest. Like, I just, the first episode didn't do much for me. I was just kind of like, oh, I hope the show's better than this. Lots of MCU nods, some cool stuff, but overall, I just was like, okay, you know, it is what it is. Second episode, it was very much more entertaining for me. Uh, it was it was that Star Lord T'Challa episode, which everybody knows about already, um, and it just had a lot of great characters, a fun story. It was very entertaining. It set up an interesting dynamic with a really cool group of characters. I'm not going to name any of them as to avoid spoilers, but that was like very fun to follow. And then the third episode really was my favorite by a large margin. It's the darkest. It has like, it actually is the only one that had like a true feeling of big stakes. Cause I feel like a lot of these are going to struggle to have stakes because they, they do feel so just uh, not unimportant, but like, the, like inconsequential because they're all multiverse stories and they're not really like, they're, they're kind of like these mini movies where you're like, well, if they die, they die. I would suck, but it doesn't really affect the character I know. Uh, but th the third episode did introduce a good feeling of stakes and tension in surprising ways. And I can't say anything other than that. 
I do think that the the people who think they have the third episode figured out uh, on Twitter are wrong. It's not like an Ultron episode. It's just it's it's very much not that, but it is a very good episode. And for me, they got better considerably as they went. And by the end of episode three, I was like, this is really fun. I dig this and I hope they stay of this quality. Jim, what do you think? I think the uh, I, I and now that you were talking about it, I think it finally clicked for me. The third episode I really enjoyed, and I think it's because I didn't see it coming. Uh, and I think part of the reason why I, I, it's not that I didn't like the first two, but I didn't, um, we've seen so, I don't want to say so much. We've seen enough of them in the, uh, in like the trailers and the previews and stuff for it that I feel like I've already seen enough of the what if premise to like get my fill on them. Uh, and, and like the third episode, like they've barely shown any of it in any of the preview. That's footage. true. And so, so I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I, like, I hadn't seen, you know, it wasn't necessarily taking on a, a, a story that we, we knew and turning it on its head. Um, and, and that, and like, and so like, I'm curious to see what the other episodes are like. And so, um, but all in all, I like, I, I, I like, I know people seem to be uh, hating on the animation style a little bit. I actually, I like it. Uh, I think it's a, a cool animation style uh, and, and they make it and they make it work. It's very slick and smooth. It uh, doesn't feel, you know, like uh, the, the example, like when we were watching Invincible and Invincible's flying and it looks like uh, color forms where it just looked like it was, uh, you know, a sticker of Invincible flying and they were just moving the background back and forth to make it simulate he was flying. Um, that, like this is definitely not that. And, um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, 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 I'm excited to see more of it. Um, I think, you know, we'll be able to talk a bit well, way more in depth when it's, when it's out next week. But um, yes, but, uh, but because cause, like, I just I just think there are very specific things that uh, that come into play here. When, and one of them, like the biggest one, the biggest question I have for for this whole thing, like they haven't even really addressed it in the press or whatever. But like, to what end is this show where like, yes, this is all canon because it's all mer- multiversal stuff. But how and where does it fit and how does it work with some of the other pieces? And this if the, if the answer is it doesn't and this is just how it is, then that's fine, too. But I think the we're so used to seeing how these things connect that like, you know, what, like so much so that I think they just put out one of those like legends uh, episodes that uh, feature Agent Car- uh, Agent Carter. And I think there is zero footage from the ABC show and it's all stuff that are from the movies. Wow. And so now people are, so now people are all like, well, what the hell does it mean? The show is the show in Canon is the show a multiverse or whatever. I think that, I think that's not necessarily the case, but it is definitely <laughs> a weird choice to make considering you have all of this other footage of Peggy Carter doing badass stuff. So whatever. I do think I, uh, they, they, they talked to, to your point about, is it going to become part of it? Is it connected the, during the press conference? on Sunday and through some of our interviews, which you'll find on the site uh, that haven't been published yet. Uh, it was executive producer, Brad Winderbaum, director, Brian Andrews, head writer, uh, AC Bradley and the watcher voice, Jeffrey, Wright were all there. And I really like, they kept talking, like they were getting questions left and right from press, from me and our interviews uh, about whether or not this is like going to end up being relevant to the MCU live action stories and the main cat, like the main universe canon and stuff like that. 
And they kept saying like, well, it is the MCU, you know, things are going to be connected. They also said Haley Atwell's Captain Carter is a big player throughout. Uh, and she's the first, she's in the first episode. Captain Carter is story starts in episode one. It seemed like it was done, but apparently it's going to come back. So the, I, I think Captain Carter is a character we're going to see in live action. And I think maybe some of these other characters, like I think in Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we can see glimpses of these worlds that we see in what if, or other where other places uh, in the MCU movies, like that are going to go to multiverse. I think what if, I don't know if they'll be, it'll be interesting if they switch from live action to animated in movies, but I do think that we'll see some of them kind of come through into live action roles They've really emphasized how much they love working with Haley Atwell. So I, I would that's the one character I think will come through and be a, a live action MCU character. I, but I don't think she would be the only one and maybe none of them do. But I do think this is not just a show that's made just to fill time, just to fill week, re, weekly releases on Disney+. Plus. Um, and also an interesting thing I learned from uh, executive producer Brad Winderbaum. He told me that Chadwick Boseman is in four episodes. So that's really cool. Uh, I watched that. I watched Chadwick's episode and I thought it was the only one. And it was really full of heart and it was a really good episode. And then I this is this is a small small semi spoiler, but uh because it because his name is in the, the voice cast, but like it was really nice to hear Phil Colson back. <laughs> it was yeah. really nice. I, I will dude the, the non MCU actors, when it's when it's a character you've known for years and someone else is voicing them, it's weird. It's- I was going to ask about that. Yeah. Because I know like we keep finding out who is and isn't in the show. And it's like, I don't know how to, I already know Tony, his voice was so weird in the trailer. Like I was curious about the other voices. Yeah. Steve Rogers, you know, there's a couple in episode two that just, and all of them, I think in all the episodes, there's going to be a few that are recast. It's weird. It's, it's hard. It is. I mean, maybe some people have an easier time getting past it. I mean, the voice actors did do a good job. They're not in some cases, like in, in Tony Stark, it sounds like they are trying to do like a sound like Robert Downey Jr.'s and others. It sounds like they're just kind of doing their version of the character. I don't know which I prefer, but um, it is, uh, it is interesting to see other people voice these roles. It's, it's, it's different. It is different. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, so that's that's our what if talk. I don't know if we should go into it any further because we're not allowed to review it. We're only allowed to react to it. If you want Part to talk more, part of me just hearing you guys' reaction almost wishes that they would release two episodes in the first week. Because especially hearing your reaction to episode one versus two, like I'm going to be a little bummed if it's just one episode next week because it seems I, like two would really give like a better impression of what the show can do. They're so drastically different too, and I think a lot of people will like episode one. It just moves so fast that it, it, it does it. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say more. Uh, but yeah, we can talk more about it, Jenna, after the show. <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> Works for uh, and then I do want to talk about Suicide Squad real quick because it is just the most chaotic, insane movie possibly ever. And uh, it is hitting theaters and HBO Max tomorrow night. I got my tickets to go see it in IMAX. I think we've touched on this, but now review embargoes are lifted officially. Jenna wrote a really fantastic review of the Suicide Squad. Uh, not fantastic in the sense of the movie is fantastic, fantastic in the quality of writing on that review. Good job on that, Jenna. But I wanted to give you an opportunity to really come out here and share your thoughts uh, on the Suicide Squad because I'm so excited to see it again. I, I know. I have been like, I, I, I was rewatching one of the trailers again this morning and I hadn't watched it in a couple of days. And I was like, I almost feel like I'm going to go in fresh again, even though I know what happens and I know what I'm looking forward to. It is 
everything I have wanted out of a DC movie, just in terms of spectacle and like appreciation for the characters and everything. And then I like my main takeaway that will tie it into the Marvel of it all is I am so both excited and emotionally worried to see how Gunn wraps up his Guardians movies because seeing him be able to turn the emotional arcs in the Suicide Squad into what they are like whatever we get in volume three is going to absolutely break my heart. Like it is going to be emotional just based off of how he dealt with all of these characters in one movie. Like it's going to be insane. Yeah. He really hits you with a gut punch late in the film in like the most unexpected way. It's not like a thing where it's like, Oh, this person died. I'm crying. Like there is like this, there is a moment late in the movie that really hits you. And you're just like, Oh, Oh God. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it, it does really make me worried for my emotions heading into Guardians 3. I'm not going to be okay. But then at the same time, like, I'm excited to see just just seeing how unhinged he is and like in this movie and how all of the different creative decisions he's allowed to make. Like, I feel like the holiday special is going to be really just creative and interesting and unexpected. And like volume three could potentially have that, too. So just it feels like creatively Gunn needed this movie. And then now what he does in the MCU going forward is going to be like strengthened by what he was able to do in squad so it's just exciting all around it's nearly impossible for me to pick a favorite character because i want to be like oh it's rat catcher too oh it's polka dot man no wait peacemaker's hilarious oh (laughs) blood sport like they're all really good did you have one that stood out for you every every single character is perfect i like i thought about it on my way after and i was like i cannot think of a single weak link in the cast i cannot think of like i'm unfulfilled by this character's art like everybody is perfect which is a rare thing in and of itself in a comic book movie because it feels like there's always a character where it's like oh i wish i had a little bit more of them they felt a little like I was under delivered on what they could have been, but it's like, there is not that problem in the suicide squad. Like everybody feels like they really get a chance to shine in a way that I'm like, every movie should just do this. Every movie should treat all of their characters in this way. I agree. I agree. Gunn had a really good balance of a huge roster of characters and it plays really well. Yeah. I'm excited to see what everybody thinks of the suicide squad. You know, we're a Marvel show, but you know, we, we watch all this stuff. So we, we promised on the very first episode of the show, we're going to talk about whatever's happening. We're going to talk about book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian, suicide squad, the Batman, whatever's happening when it's happening. And uh, we're excited that a lot of the, the the listeners enjoy this stuff uh, as much as we do. So after you see the suicide squad, this weekend, whether you watch it at home on HBO Max or you watch it in theaters, I would love it if you send us your thoughts. Tag us on Twitter. We'll we'll talk back. I love hearing what you guys think of these movies and having conversations directly with you guys. So uh, join the conversation. Join the community. We love our Phase Zero community. We are the best, if I do say so myself. And then if you if you end up if you end up watching it on Friday, uh, you can tune into Comic Book Nation because I'll probably talk a bit more, way more spoiler stuff there once That's it is right. out because it's got HBO Max and so everyone's going to be able to watch it at home. Yep. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's going to be lovely. Uh, <laughs> people are <laughs> laughing at us in the comments for watching it. All right, guys, that is episode thirty of Phase Zero. Wow episode 30 we've been doing this for 30 weeks my goodness where's the time go uh if you want to talk more hit us up on twitter make sure you share our show please 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 that is the best thing you do i'm still desperately trying to figure out a way to put the celebrities versus fans trivia show together it's coming down to scheduling we have one commitment on the celebrity side we need two more and uh we want to have fun with that one and that's our show next week what if we'll be released by the time we're talking to you so here our show please drop links to our 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 apple edition our spotify version whatever podcast form you listen to 
Uh, shout out to Marv Smooth, who always listens and posts uh, screenshots of his podcast roster on Instagram. We appreciate that. I always get that tag and throw you a like. So, yeah, that's it. I'm rambling. Aaron, any last words for episode 30? Um, not a whole lot. I've, I'm scared of what the post credits for a phase zero will be this week. Cause last week it was Scarlett Johansson. So what fresh horror <laughs> awaits us when we tab out of this? <laughs> Maybe, hopefully we'll, we'll turn it around. We'll get the Spider-Man no way home trailer. As soon as the show ends, unlikely Jim, anything from you? That is it. I just want to uh, just further elaborate on the fact that I really enjoyed that Venom trailer. I've watched it a few times now and <laughs> The 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 humor between uh, the symbiote and Eddie is is really good. Like even just the moment where where the symbiote just goes, oh, it's a red one. I'm like, that's funny. Or like the symbiote punching Eddie in the face twice is I'm okay with this humor in the in these movies. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter for other big brain ideas uh, at (laughs) Jumpus Carnage. I fully think Venom Let There Be Carnage will be a great movie. Yeah, I do think so. Jenna, any last words for today's show? I will say my one qualm with the Venom trailer, I wish they had used a different song because it's so weird when we have two trailers that use the same exact song. I'm like, you could have done some weird other needle drop that would have totally fit the world of Venom. Anything works at that franchise because it's just so weird. Um, But yeah, follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sJennaLynn. Omnivorous123 is trying to correct me saying we've been doing this for 29 weeks because we did two episodes in one week. The bonus episode didn't count towards our episode count. Who's correct now? Omnivorous. <laughs> All right, don't be antagonistic. Update the wiki. Update <laughs> the I, wiki. Hey, I appreciate you keeping us on, on our toes. and pay. Look, I appreciate that Omnivorous123 even remembered that we did two episodes in one week one time. Legend for that, but still, we're right. <laughs> all right y'all that's our show hit me up at brandon davis bd on any social media platform you want hit us up at phase zero cb we tweet marvel news we tweet memes we retweet things we can't post directly because they're photos from sets so (laughs) that's up over there uh phase zero episode 30 goodbye